We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 64 with Greg Levitt. I am really excited about this episode with Greg Levitt because we are talking about something that is super exciting, PLCs and cross-curricular teaming. It is a great episode. You are going to love it. We're going to learn all about the agenda they use, how much time they have to meet, all that kind of stuff. Great information here that I hope you enjoy. Take away something that's going to help you learn and grow in your career. Is it getting to be the time of the year that you need to do a little bit of spring cleaning desk getting overloaded with paper, can't find your keyboard or your computer, well, I've got a solution for you. It's called The Paperless Principle. It's a book that I wrote that will help you learn how to become paperless and use the right tools to help you get your work done. It's an amazing book that I hope will help you focus on being more efficient with your time so that you can devote more time to helping students learn. Click on the link in the show notes. I appreciate your support. Thank you, uh, Greg, for being on the podcast today. Would you like to start by telling who you are and where you're at and what you're doing and a little bit of background about yourself? Great. Thanks, Jethro. Good to be with you tonight. Um, uh, Appreciate the opportunity um, my name, uh, as you said, is Greg Levitt. Um, I uh, am the principal of Draper Park Middle School in Canyon School District uh, in Salt Lake uh, City, Utah. And um, I'm the Draper Park Middle School is uh, in Draper, which is a, uh, an, a nice sized community, probably around 30, 40, maybe 50,000 people. Um, along the Wasatch Front, uh, south of Salt Lake, about 20 miles. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I started out as a math teacher in 1990 uh, at, a, at a middle school and then became a counselor for a few years and then kind of got on the bandwagon of administration and, uh, and uh, pretty soon found myself here. I've been a principal for nine years. Uh, and one advantage of that, I, all the nine years have been at, at one school, which has given me the opportunity to build um, uh, some great collaborative groups and, uh, you know, build a school the way uh, I felt like we've, we all feel like it, it can be built. Um, it's not perfect, but I'm pleased with what we've done over the last nine years and where we've come. So uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of my introduction. Okay, that's great. Um, so I've had the pleasure of working with you in a couple different capacities and learning from you, and you have long been an inspiration to me. And um, when I told your assistant principal Jody that uh, that I was doing this podcast, she said, "Well, you have to talk to Greg because he is." an amazing leader who's very innovative and he is just wonderful and she is incredibly thrilled to be working for you and has learned a ton from you and is just grateful for the opportunity to suck up whatever she can from you so there are a lot of things that you're doing right and um and i think that's great and it's it's easy to see what you're what you're doing that's right you spoke a little bit about building up the team and uh, creating a group of people that can work well together. Do you want to talk first about how you how you created that team and how you built that team? Sure. Um, but first, let me say uh, Jody is a good soul. Uh, her name's Jody Roberts. For those listening, and uh, uh, she's a she's a good professional. I uh, thank her for the recommendation. But uh, as far as my compliments accomplishments, she's overly kind. <laughs> um, I will say this. Um, so. You know, I got in on the middle school uh, movement as an assistant principal, and, you know, that was about, uh, I would say, um, probably 1998 uh, when, you know, a lot of middle school stuff started coming down and middle schools started saying, you know, um, at least from my perspective, I didn't hear much about it before then, uh, middle schools across the country you know, started writing books like This We Believe and, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is Where We'll Stand and uh, these kinds of things. And, um, uh, and so when, when, when we started, we started with uh, collaborative teams of cross-curricular teams at Draper, uh, at Draper Park Middle School. And I have to clarify one thing. Draper Park Middle School is a new school. It's only two years old. It formerly was Crescent View Middle School, and I remained the principal uh, when the new building was was mm-hmm. uh, was completed. So I would just say, you know, uh, when I first became principal, we started building teams, um, across curricular teams, which are common uh, students with four subject areas: science, math, social studies, and language arts. You know, the way I started is um, I, I picked one group of teachers that wanted to do it. And I remember that first time in my uh, office uh, explaining to them that that uh, this is a great opportunity um, to have common students and be able to have meetings and, and have cross-curricular 
events together, uh, build relationships with students, make a big school look like a small school in their particular team and feel like a small school, more importantly, mm-hmm. and, and also just be able to um, uh, cheerlead to the rest of the school. Well, over the years, that grew, and pretty soon, you know, our school, let me just say this, our school has, you know, 1,550 students. So if it's not the largest, it's definitely one of the largest middle schools on the Wasatch Front. So basically, we have now, today, nine very highly functioning cross-curricular teams. Two years after that, we started the uh, professional learning community movement, and there's a lot of definitions out there in professional learning communities. But, um, you know, I followed the DeFore model, Rick DeFore model of what that, what that was really like, of pulling a team of teachers together that were subject-level teams, not cross-curricular. So like 7th grade math, 8th grade math, 7th grade science, 6th grade science, uh, whatever that is in your mm-hmm. building. And I pulled those uh, t- together and... In my school, it was, you know, three to four math teachers on one team, and, and it was subject level, and they basically answered three questions. And these are not my questions, but I think they're great questions, and I, they don't need to be, uh, starting a PLC doesn't need to be more difficult than this because it's based on data and best practice. And that's driven around those three questions, which is, what do you want students to know? How are you going to know they, that they know it? And what are you going to do if they don't? And then and there was a fourth question added to that later on. What are you going to do if they do? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we started. And today, and just so you have perspective, um, we've been doing this. And now we have uh, a very successful cross-curricular teams and subject-level teams. And I've seen a lot of schools um, make a movement uh, to choose one. And I'm pleased that Draper Park Middle School has not done that. We have felt like you need both of them. You need the cross-curricular for, uh, for the for relationship of students and just the checking on the, the achievement of students, that kind of a thing. And then you need the data team with the subject level to check on make sure to have that check on curriculum mapping, formative work, formative tests, uh, comparing your work with one another so that those teachers in whatever subject uh, can and continue to build best practice and compare their results of their teaching with one another. And we do this weekly. Okay. So let's, let's, so we got a lot of stuff from what you just said. Excuse me. Um, we've got the cross-curricular teams, then we've got the subject-specific teams. Let's start by focusing just on the cross-curricular teams. What is it that you, what is it that is so beneficial about having cross-curricular teams and having a small school within a school? Why, why is that so powerful? Well, I think um, I can only describe it uh, the way it looks in our school right now. Picture a group of four teachers getting together um, with data across the board um, that shows students either succeeding or not succeeding um, based on some type of spectrum, whether it's a color code or, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever it looks like uh, in your particular uh, situation. In ours, it's a group of teachers that compare student notes and are able to say, hey, Johnny 
uh, is not only doing poorly in my class, he's doing poorly in, in, the, in, in your class also. What can we do to help Johnny uh, make, make this happen? So it's really student-centered, and it, it enhances achievement across the board because these students know that these teachers talk every week about them and they can't get off the hook. They can't hide behind the mask of, of disorganization from teachers not knowing what other teachers are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that it does is, um, and so that, that right there breaks down that, that big school gap, right, where you're just a number. You're no longer a number. You're one of 150 kids on this team, and that's all the kids this team has to track, mm-hmm. and they can talk to each other. Um, they also have team meetings with parents. Uh, it's powerful to have four teachers communicate with a parent rather than just one. It's powerful to do recognition with these teams. So right now we have nine teams in our school with you know 150 to 180 students on those teams in each grade, three and six, three and seven, three and eighth. And these teams have reward award assemblies every term. So they get their teams up there, they do a celebration, they, they have team goals, team, team uh, uh, movements and t-shirts and uh, activities, all kinds of stuff like this. And uh, the, the kids just are really buy into it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, kids are starting to say, now that we've done this, oh, you're on team because all our teams are are, are uh, Vi- or the Vikings, so they're all, you know, Viking-type names like Thor and uh, Njord and Heimdall, those kinds of names. So all our teams fall under that genre. And mm-hmm. so these kids, oh, I hope, I, I hope my little brother's on Team Thor, for example. You know, they want to keep it in the family. Right. So the teachers and the parents and the kids have just really connected with this. Um, I'll, I'll let you ask a question there if you want, but I can say more if you <laughs> need me to. Good. You, you felt me wanting to ask something. So um, you you talked about some team meetings with parents and then a group of teachers working together to focus on the kid. What do those weekly meetings that they have together look like? Do you have a format for that, a, an agenda they go through, or, yeah. is it, or is it left up to them to make that decision? No, that agenda is there. Um so they have a, tre- a problem-solving log where they'll track the kids from week to week and assign that out. They have, so they, they, they talk about four things. Uh, you know, they have 45 minutes to meet. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're lucky um, because the Board of Education in Canyons District, and, and I must say that our school was the first one to approach the Board of Education in Canyons District and say, we wanted this time. Um, and, and so we had a, what we call a late start on Friday mornings where we're able to, uh, uh, have teachers not, um, uh, well, students not come in until nine 30. And that gives us two hours of meeting time. So our first meeting time is cross curricular teaming and we all meet, um, in a common area and the teams are all right there together so that our counselors and our vice principals and our school psychologist and whoever wants to move from team to team to solve problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not in their rooms. They're all right there together. And, uh, and so there's, there's some, uh, you know, collegiality going right there, you know. Uh, 
But they have that agenda where that agenda has is fourfold. One, they talk about there's cross-curricular activities and they map out that cross-curricular. They talk about common vocabulary. They talk about problem solving with students and they talk about um, team activities and team celebrations and, and those kinds of things. And that can be a short conversation, but um, there's times there's times it can be longer when they're really gearing up for it. But since it only happens about every, you know, three months, you know, every every two and a half months, it's not always a, a major conversation. Mm-hmm. But I will say on that that there is weekly recognition that they have to turn into the office where the office and administration can recognize students on a weekly basis, and each team is required to turn in, you know, so many names based on a criteria for those students to be recognized. So there is there on there is still something to talk about every week on that part of the agenda. Okay, and what is the uh, <clears throat> what does the common vocabulary look like? Tell me a little more about that. So what we find in cross curricular teaming, and this is the most powerful way to connect curriculum. Um, when you're pulling the vocabulary, when teachers start using the vocabulary in science and social studies and and um, and these, we find that that's probably the best way for them to to uh, connect. And and we also find that the students do um, when when teachers have a grid of the of the weekly vocabulary that's being used in all the classes. So they'll just put, you know, science. Here's our main words that we're really focusing on in our unit. Uh, uh, social studies. Here's our main words. We find a lot of a lot of uh, common uh, vocabulary there, root words, whatever, and and when they're discussing their weekly units, because they have that grid in front of them, teachers can say, oh, well, you know, we're talking about this, but we all, but I know that you're talking about these kinds of vocabulary words in social studies, um, and there's a connection here, and so that's how that works. Cool, I like that idea a lot. What does the uh, student problem solving look like? You said there's a log for that, and they keep track yeah, of it. Tell me a little you know, more about that. That's that's you know it's not bad, but sometimes we all good good teachers like to talk about students, and sometimes they can probably talk about students too much. You know, we don't want them to to nag on the student and just continue to talk student uh, laundry. We want them to solve the problem, and so. Basically, we say, look, take 20 minutes to talk about your top student issues, but but don't don't go over that. Um, we need you to talk about other things too, and so make sure there's an assignment. Make sure that you're not just talking to talk. If you're going to talk about it, what's the define the problem? Make sure that uh, the the that someone's assigned to help solve the problem, and then what's the follow up on that next next meeting or what's the follow-up on the student you talked about last meeting so it's not so that there is some forward movement in that and goals rather than just a nag session right so how do you how do you prevent that that nag session it's so easy nobody does it on purpose but how do you how do you keep them moving forward i think some teachers are better than others but um or t- some teams are better than others. I haven't found a perfect way, 
But what I do is have the teams turn in their notes to me, and I can tell when a team has spent too long on that part and haven't really gotten to the other parts. And so I just I just mentioned to that team, you know, um, uh, one of the things I do is have them uh, end with the student discussion rather than start with it, because if they start with it, they seem to go longer. But if they know they only have 10 to 15 minutes at the end, then that kind of helps them at times. But, you know, once you start trusting uh, teachers and you have good teachers doing this um, and they and they start building a rapport with each other, it, it can start taking care of itself for the most part. Um, but because they do turn in their notes to me, I'm able to monitor that a little bit. So reviewing meeting notes is a, is something that I, I think a lot of principals expect to do. How do you actually process that? Tell me what your workflow is for getting notes, reviewing them, responding to them, and how do you make sure that you, you get that done every every time there's a meeting? Well, one of the things I do is I make sure teachers know that they need to put their questions. There's a Mr. Levitt part to the agenda. They need to put their questions towards the end of the agenda. So if they do have a question, I can quickly look through them. So there's nine that come through a week. I look through those uh, questions if there's any. Sometimes there's nothing. They don't have any questions. Mm -hmm. But if there is a question, uh, I'm right there in the meeting. So a lot of times they just ask me right there, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm walking around listening. And, you know, it's uh, I can I visit and, and just sit there and kind of listen to all team to the, the, the nine teams right there. But if there is a question, I look at their note. The other thing I do is the old math teacher trick. You know, they never know which section of the notes I'm going to check or if I'm going to check that day. And so I just have my own schedule where where I look at, um, you know, a random number of notes. Uh, I, I There's no way I do it all every week. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to purport that I do. But, but um, I, you know, I'll say, um, look, I'm going to I'm going to spot check vocabulary on these uh, on these four teams. I have 20 minutes. They're in an email. They're sent to me over Google Docs. I can just do it real quick. And I, because I've doing it, been doing it for so long, I know what to look for. I know if they're doing it or not doing it. And most of the time, it's a comment back to the team, hey, great job. So I send enough feedback that they know I'm looking, but um, they all, you know, they, I don't necessarily know if they know I'm looking every not looking every week. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So you'll you'll pay attention if you know they're talking about something that you want to follow up with them about or you want to be in the loop on, and you'll you'll make sure you hit those notes that week. But you know when things are running smoothly, you've been doing this for nine years. You know where the problem areas are probably, and you you randomly check some just to make sure that that people are doing what they need, and then you probably glance at just about all of them to check for questions. Is that fair? That's fair. I will just just say that there's not, uh, you know, there's not for a month that goes by that I haven't looked at uh, some team notes um, at least at least once or mostly twice when I just do that because I, you know, I try to keep a schedule to or an order to it oh, I just looked at that one, so this week I'm going to look at this group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's one of those things that the communication is so important, and we don't want teachers to think that we're 
that we're just going to ignore all their notes, but at the same time, we have to be realistic and recognize that, you know, we may not be able to get to every, you know, read in detail and respond in detail to every single one. And I, I appreciate you, you recognizing that and not trying to purport that you, that you do something that you don't, but recognizing that there's a strategy to how you deal with that and, and being honest about that. Uh, so, so thank you for that. <clears throat> um, so, with the um, with the agenda, do you think I could get a copy of your uh, team meeting agenda so I can? Yeah, I, I still that? I can send that to you. Okay, I think that'll be really great, and I'll share that with with my listeners also. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, FlexTime enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your FlexTime work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.